Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. We want you to come right into the class today and join us and allow the Spirit of God to speak uh, nourishing faith words into your spirit, just like we confessed. You can go from depressed to joyous by the end of this class because of what the Spirit of God can and will do if you give Him your attention and receive and respond. So uh, let's pray and release faith for just that very thing. Father, we ask you, all of us agree together, uh, for the anointing that teaches, that reveals, that guides, that reminds your Holy Spirit, our great instructor and teacher. We ask for the light of your word to come into our understanding and hearts, and we purpose to be doers of it and not hearers only. Thank you for your goodness and grace to us, for sustaining us so faithfully and so graciously and mercifully. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you look please in the scriptures again today? We'll look in Matthew 8. Uh, we've been studying now for a couple of weeks a series that we're calling uh, Faith for Healing. And we have found that faith comes by hearing and faith for healing comes by hearing about healing, what God said about healing. And in uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the account of Jesus' ministry, we're given about 20 individual accounts of uh, people healed. Now, apart from that, there were tens of thousands and scores of thousands that were healed, but we're not given any details. It just says they were healed. But about 20, we're told who they were, what happened with them, how they received. And why would these be recorded for us? Because God never changes. His will doesn't change. His faith, the faith of God doesn't change. Whatever they did that worked for them, we can do. It'll work for us. And if their faith make them whole, our faith make us whole. Amen. We looked at the healing of the leper uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, that was the first one. And now we're to number two, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. So in Matthew 8, if you would look with me and the 14th verse... Matthew 8, 14, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. And when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with demons, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities 
and bear our sicknesses. Said out loud, He took my infirmities. He, took my infirmities. he bore my sicknesses. He, bore my sicknesses. He, carried my pain. he carried my pain. And by His stripes, by his stripes I, am I am healed. Oh, hallelujah. That just, that makes your spirit happy just saying that because regardless of what your head knows, your heart knows that's true. That's spiritual reality. Uh, in Mark, the first chapter, Mark chapter 1 and verse uh, 29, Mark's account of the same healing says, uh, Forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the home of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with demons. And all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases, and cast out many demons, and suffered not the demons to speak, because they knew him. And go to Luke 4, let's read Luke's account of the same healing. Luke 4 and 38. And he, Jesus, arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. We saw from other translations that it's like the Weast, for instance, said she had been afflicted for some time with a chronic fever, a severe one. So this was a condition that didn't just happen that day. It had been going for some time, and now she's apparently, um, you know, delirious, or uh, Dr. Luke says it was a great fever. It was really high. She's in a bad way. And when Peter and, and Jesus and the guys came back from the meeting in the synagogue, and they'd been involved in ministry, and they came to Peter's house, uh, they besought Jesus for her. Uh, can we pray for other folks yes. and come before the Lord and, and, and ask on their behalf? And he will do things just simply because we asked him to. And so he came immediately in response to their request. He just went straight to the bed and took her by the hand and spoke to the fever. Now we, we've been over this a couple of times, but we're going to go over it again because most of the church doesn't function this way. Right? Amen. This sounds strange. This sounds bizarre. And it's, it's because of a woeful ignorance of scriptures and ignorance of uh, the Lord's ministry and wrong thinking about how his ministry is or is not applicable to us. There are uh, ways in which Jesus is uh, different from us, set apart above us. And that would be in the, the sense of him being the sinless, spotless sacrifice for our sins. Right? None of us could be that. No one else could be that. He is above us in that regard, the one and the only. Uh, but 
in regard to his ministry. He did that as uh, an example for us to follow. Uh, How he taught, how he preached, how he ministered to the sick and deliverance to those that were oppressed. Um, How he lived, how he prayed, how he had faith. Uh, This is not to be put in a category unattainable to us. We are to follow his example. Do you believe that, sir? Well, what did he do here? When there was a, a problem threatening this woman's life, Jesus touched her. Uh, can believers uh, lay hands on the sick? Yes. That's one of the signs that will follow believers, right? That, not just for the 12 or the 70 or a couple of apostles in the book of Acts. These signs will follow those that believe. Didn't he say that in Mark 16? One of the signs is uh, they'll cast out demons or evil spirits. Well, that's just like what he did, right? They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's exactly what he did right here, right? Which is what we saw yesterday that Jesus said in John 14, 12, if you believe on me, the works I did, you'll do too. Do we believe this? this? This is life changing. If you really embrace this and believe this. Well, what did he do in this situation? He rebuked the fever. That means he spoke. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not praying to the father about this. There's a time to pray. There's a time to talk to people. But there's a time not to. There's a time you shouldn't be praying. You should be saying. Huh? You should be talking to the problem. Now, you'll see this very clearly in Mark 11, 23 and 24. In fact, just uh, hold your place here. Look over there. Mark 11, verse 22 had said, have faith in God. And uh, this is because Jesus had spoken to that fig tree. Do you remember that? He spoke. And again, this is not prayer. He wasn't talking to people. He spoke to that tree. And he said, uh, fig tree, nobody ever eat fruit of you again. (laughs) And then he walked away. Well, I don't know, some 24 hours later or so, they're walking back by that same thing. and, And one of the disciples said, Lord, look, look, look at that tree that you spoke to. It was apparently looked green and fine. And now, just 24 hours later, it's dried up from the roots, from the roots. What happened? What would have caused that? He spoke, his words affected the unseen realm, which affected the seen realm. Can you see that? And it started where the life of that plant came from in the ground. And this is, of course, typical, too. Under the ground is where you can't see. Amen. Right? Amen. In the roots and under the ground, you can't see looking at the surface of the ground. And it happened there first. It happened where you couldn't see, and then it affected where you could see. Amen. Miracles don't start in the natural. They start in the spirit. Amen. Hmm? And they're connected to faith-filled words. If there's something in your life 
that doesn't need to be there shouldn't be there. We shouldn't beg God. We should speak to it like Jesus did and like he taught us to. So he used that occasion to teach them. When they said, Lord, look, 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 that tree dried up. Uh, He didn't go, wow, I was hoping that would work. (laughs) Was he shocked? Was he surprised? He was not surprised. Faith is not surprised. Faith expected that. Fully expected. Didn't even need to check it to see if it happened. And so uh, he he said, have faith in God or have the, the God kind of faith. Verse 23, for verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain... And if you look at Matthew's account, Matthew 21, he said it like this. If you have faith and don't doubt, you'll not only do that which is done to the fig tree. Is he telling them they could do that? Then that takes away this only Jesus could do it. Right idea. He's telling them you could not only do that, but if you would say to the mountain, it would work not only on a tree, but on something as big as a mountain. If you say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, you shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things which you say shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. So in that case, is that prayer? That's not prayer. Now look at verse 24. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Is he talking about two different things here? Verse 23 is talking about saying. Right? Verse 24 is talking about praying. Somebody said, well, when do you do which one? Well, there are more than one factor here, but one of the big things is every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. It comes from the Father. Right? If it's something good you need, you can go to Him and ask for it. But don't just ask in wavering. Ask in faith. Believe that you receive it. But now if it's uh, works of the enemy, stealing, killing, and destroying, uh, that doesn't come from God. Right? You wouldn't want to ask for that anyway. But if it's in my life, how do I get rid of it? Well, it didn't come from God. So I can get rough with that. Right? And I'm not asking any kind request. I am demanding I am requiring, I am commanding this thing, even if it looks like the size of a mountain, to get out of my life. Be removed. Is that what Jesus did with that fever? Yeah, it's exactly what he did. He he rebuked. Everybody say rebuked, rebuked. Now, like we'd said before, there's no way that that fever or the sickness that caused it could have been from God or God's will or Jesus never would have rebuked it. Never would have rebuked it if it had been from God. So if it wasn't from God, where was it from? Why was Jesus so bold to rebuke it? Because these things are not the perfect will of God. They're not good gifts. They're not perfect gifts. They're not from above. It's the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so when there's something in our life that's hindering us, that's a problem, trying to steal from us, trying to destroy us, trying to kill us, 
It looked like that thing was trying to kill Peter's mother-in-law, right? Whatever. Now you say, well, what do you mean that thing? Well, you got the physical side of it. You got the spiritual side of it, right? Something is feeding even a perverted, uh, you might call it life, but it's not life as, as it comes from God. There's some kind of energy in cancer and tumors and in disease, right? Uh, just like there's life in our cells, you can't see under the microscope. You, you see it causes the cells to move and live and multiply, but there's something unseen under that. Can you see that? And so Jesus is dealing with the underlying unseen cause of the sickness that's causing the fever, that's causing her to be in this shape. And he did not mince words with it. He did not plead with God about it. He spoke directly to that fever and said, fever, leave her, grabbed her hand, pulled her up, and the fever left her just like that. Just, just got right out of her and right out of the room, right out of the house. And just like that, she didn't need three days to recover. She's like, Whew, I feel so much better. <laughs> She's ready to do something. She's ready to go to the kitchen. She's ready to minister to somebody, serve somebody. Oh, my. Do you believe that really happened? Just, yes. just that way. And what we saw in uh, John 14, let's look at it again. John 14 is that Jesus said, contrary to what so many even theologians say, I mean, much of uh, religious tradition and ideas says, now that's Jesus. He was just demonstrating that he's the son of God. But now he can do these things, but don't you try because you're not Jesus. But that's not what Jesus said. Is it? What did he say? Well, first of all, just take that instance right there with that tree thing. What did he say? When they said, Lord, look. Look, that thing dried up. Did he say, I know boys, but now I can do that, but don't y'all try that. <laughs> Is that what he said? No. Huh? He said the opposite. Did Matthew, he said, now he said, look, if you'll have faith and won't doubt, you could not only do what I did to that tree, but you see that mountain over there? Yeah. You could speak to that mountain. Don't you figure their eyes are getting bigger? They're going, what? Us? Moi? I can't. Is that what Jesus is saying? Yes. See, you've got to remember, Jesus didn't need to come and show off. He, he's not suffering from any insecurities that he needs to try to impress anybody with who he is or what he is. By him, the Father created the worlds, the stars, the galaxies everything that has been made. He is the eternal word from the beginning. He didn't need to come to the cross. He didn't need to bear our sins for himself. He didn't need to bear our sicknesses for himself. He had no problem with sin or with sickness. Amen. Come on, can you see this? All of this is for us. Amen. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. 
Come on, can you see that? He, he, was bruised, he was bruised for our transgressions. Our, our. And so he, he's not going around trying to impress people, trying to show off what he can do as God. He's showing us how to do it. Do you believe it, child of God? He's showing us how to do it, how to live, how to pray, how to walk by faith, how to deal with problems. Huh? How do you deal with problems? You don't play with them. Is that right? And you don't need to just beg God and beg God and and wait on God because he's told you to do something. You can't wait on God to do what he told you to do. It doesn't work. You'll be waiting a long time because he's not going to change. But in John 14, 12, what did he say? Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Any believers in the class? How many would say, I am a believer? I believe on Jesus. Then what did Jesus say to you? That the works he did, you would do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father and whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Now we we said yesterday, and and, uh, this is uh, important to get this clear. This same word ask in the same King James Bible is translated require. Or like the NIV says, demand. And the words, some of the words that are translated demand are also translated ask. (laughs) Now, to us, that's not the same thing, right? But these Greek words have a twofold meaning, and you've got to look at the context to see which one you should use, request or require, ask or demand. Jesus is not talking about prayer in this passage right here. In the 16th chapter, he does talk about prayer. But what's he talking about here? If you back up, he kept talking about the works, the works, uh, the Father in me. He does the works. Uh, Believe me and believe for the works sake. And uh, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do too. And greater works. What's he talking about? Works. His works. And then it makes sense then when he says, and whatever you demand in my name, I'll do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you will demand anything in my name, I'll do it. Does that sound like what he said when he said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom? Is that right? And whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Well, how would it be? Because he's backing it up. His spirit and his power is backing up what you're demanding in his name. Oh my, no, no wonder that fever took off. Is that right? Because it was, there was nothing, no way to resist what's going on here. And do you have authority in the name of Jesus as one of his believers? That's a question many have not understood, but just take it right here. What did Jesus say? If you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do too. Is that right? Well, we're, these, these healings are some of the works he did. And one of the, uh, the works he did was this healing of, of Peter's mother-in-law. How did he do it? He demanded. He commanded. Rebuked that fever for it to leave. 
And he's telling us the way I did it, what I did, you'll do too. And here's how I did it. And here's how you'll do it. Can you say amen? Amen. What? Whatever you demand in my name, I'll do it. In uh, Ephesians 1, if you'd look there for a moment. Ephesians, the first chapter. If you shall demand, whatever you demand in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall demand anything in my name, I will do it. Man, we need to meditate on that. Ephesians 1 and 17. The Spirit of God through Paul is giving a revelation of the redemptive work. What happened in Christ, what was obtained for us when Jesus went to the cross and was raised from the dead and now sat down at the right hand of majesty. Ephesians 1, 16, he said, I cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the, his, the working of his mighty power. Is he talking about what was obtained for us in Christ? Inheritance. Can you see that? Inheritance. Is that for us? And he's talking about what, what happened, verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, that's the word for authority, and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Why did that fever have to leave? It had to uh, respond to a higher authority and a greater power than the spiritual force that was behind it. Now you might say, yeah, but that, that's Jesus. And, and when Jesus rose from the dead, one of the things he told them before he ascended, he said, all authority has been given to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. In earth and in heaven. And the very next thing he said, so you go. Hold on now. You got the authority, so I go. That indicates a delegation. Can you see it? Of authority. He said, and, verse 22, he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. My head is Keith. Who's my hand? Also Keith. Knee, Keith. Foot, Keith. Huh? My foot's just as much Keith as my ear is. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. Are you in the body, child of God? Yeah. Then you are also Christ. The name of Christ, the authority of Christ belongs to the big toe as well as the head. Amen. The hand as well as the knee, as the elbow. Somebody say, I'm in the body of Christ. The, body of Christ. the authority that Christ has has been given to me in his name. I have authority. Oh, hallelujah. 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 That's why you can do the works he did and speak in his name like he spoke to things and they obeyed him. 
Can you say amen? amen. And our time's up again. <laughs> but come back tomorrow. We got more to see here at Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.